What's up, maniacs? My name is Sky Menhart, and you are listening to Manic State of Mind, a podcast where I discuss my journey with mental health and some spirituality crap. Um, so anyway, welcome to the show, y'all. Today I wanted to talk, I've honestly, here's the thing, like being a creative person can sometimes be difficult because I have all of these ideas, but then working a nine to five job and like trying to schedule working out and all of these things into my routine kind of leaves me with no time to actually take action on some of these ideas that I have. So I really have been feeling inspired with this podcast for a while. I just haven't actually had the time or the motivation to sit down and record an episode. I think a lot of you guys probably understand the ebb and flow of creative energy and how it is kind of hard to figure out a good routine for creativity because sometimes your inspiration isn't hitting and then other times it's hitting but then the motivation to actually actualize your creations isn't there. And I think this is all amplified by my ADHD, my bipolar, whatever you want to call it, okay? So today I wanted to talk about something I've been going through recently, uh, which is a little bit of a paranoia. And I know you guys see the title of this episode is Scary Happy. <laughs> and so today I wanted to talk about being scary happy and kind of what that really means for me. So if you don't know anything, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, I would recommend kind of going back to the older episodes, the first few episodes to learn about the basics of bipolar disorder. But I do have bipolar one, which is mania and depression. So mostly in my adult life, I've definitely, and basically the whole time I've had bipolar disorder, which I was diagnosed when I was 17. So mostly I deal with mania and then I have a few bouts of depression, but for the most part, I'm a very manic individual. And while this is fun, mania can also be damaging for your brain. It can also be sort of addictive, like a drug. And then it's, it's like really not healthy to be manic all the time or at all even. And so I do take mood stabilizers. Um, well, I take a mood stabilizer, I take an antidepressant, I take an antipsychotic, and I take something for my ADHD. Those are the meds I'm on right now that are really helping me focus and function in a fairly normal way. So lately I've been dealing with this issue because I've been manic several times in my life. And if you want to hear more about that, listen to my episodes about stupid things I've done while manic, because that'll give you a good explanation of what mania really is. But, um, for a while now, I've been doing really well mentally. I've been going to therapy. I've been taking my meds. I've been on a good schedule. And sometimes if I'm having a lot of fun and if I'm really happy one day, I will start to get worried that I'm manic. And honestly, because sometimes that is one of the telltale signs for me. If I'm really, really, really happy and everything is going well, that could be a sign that I'm hypomanic, which means I could be going into mania. So for those of you who need a little refresher, hypomania is kind of like baby mania. It's like mania light. <laughs> I love that. Hypomania is like mania light. And I talk about it in previous episodes, but it's basically where you're really, really happy. You feel really energized all the time. You're excited about life. Positive things are happening for you. And everything kind of has this rose colored hue. You know what I mean? And it's fun. It's good. It's chill. 
Some of you guys probably feel that like when you take your antidepressants for a few months, you start to feel just generally happy. And for those of us who are neurodivergent or mentally ill, as I would say, you know, having a happy day can be really meaningful and really special because we often feel like shit. And I'm just being honest with you guys. Most of the time, I don't have a great time. Like happy days are sometimes rare for me, depending on what time of year it is or whatever is going on in my life. And so when I have a really good, positive, happy day, I start to get suspicious. And I'm wondering if any of you feel this way. For those of you who deal with bipolar disorder, who deal with mania, do you guys ever feel that way where you're getting really happy and you've had a really good day and at the end of the day, you're like, oh shit, am I manic? Oh no. This is one of the things about bipolar disorder is you get the paranoia, especially if you tend to be more manic. I feel like you deal more with paranoia because paranoia is a psychotic manic sort of symptom. And so that is what, sorry, I had, my cat was biting me and I had to throw something to get her off of me. She's a demon. So that is kind of what I've been going through where I get this scary, happy feeling. And I remember this a lot whenever I was first dealing with my mania and it was like a drug because I would purposefully stay up for a week so that I could get that high of being manic. And this is a really rookie mistake. It's kind of a beginner thing. And also I think I have an addictive personality, so I get addicted to anything if I like it enough. And I really liked the feeling of being hypomanic. So I would purposefully like stay up really late or not sleep a few nights in order to become hypomanic. And I wasn't on an antidepressant at that time. So if, you know, I talked to my doctor, maybe I could have gotten on an antidepressant and that would have solved the problem. But this is just things we do when we're 19 and stupid, when we're 18 and dumb and we don't know anything, right? So nowadays, after I've learned to take my medication and to stay on a consistent routine with my medication, nowadays, I really... I really don't, I haven't been manic in about two years. And I don't know if this is the longest I've gone. I think this is about my record is like two years without mania. So I'm hoping that won't change anytime soon. But one of the things that has really helped me when I get this feeling like I'm scary happy, and I would love to know if anybody else experiences this, please DM me. Um, So for example, and this has happened recently because I've had several good days and I felt really good, really positive. It's also my birthday this week, next week. So I'm in a really good place. Like I'm really happy. I feel like my life is coming together. There's some positive things happening as far as I'm moving to a new city. So I'm excited about that. And so right now, if I have a good day, like at the end of the day today, I might sit around and be like, oh my God, am I manic? And this is where the paranoia comes in. And I think for me, the paranoia is amplified by my ADHD because it's harder to control the paranoid thoughts. So if I go down that rabbit hole, I can literally bring myself into a manic episode, which is so unfortunate. So what I've been doing to combat this is just kind of using logic and reason when I get in these paranoid moments. And this is really helpful for any type of paranoia, but I'm specifically talking about the scary, happy paranoia. When I get into this moment of paranoia, I try to look at the facts and say, okay, if I were manic, what causes me to become manic? What makes me become manic? Lack of sleep, too much caffeine, 
What else? Those are the two main things that cause me to become manic. Excessive drug use, excessive alcohol use. I've been a lot better with my drugs and alcohol lately, uh, just because I really now I've come to a place where I kind of enjoy being sober, which is strange, but it's working for me. So I do partake in a little marijuana here and there, and I do drink a glass of wine every once in a while, but I don't necessarily feel like I'm having a problem with it at this point. However, that can change. So I, if I'm looking at this critically and saying, okay, well, hey, I've been getting eight, eight hours of sleep every night. Okay. I haven't been excessively drinking, you know, drinking alcohol, drinking caffeine. I haven't excessively been smoking marijuana or using psychoactive substances. Okay. So maybe I can deduce from these facts that I'm probably not manic and I probably just had a freaking good day. This is what I want people to understand because it's almost like with mental illness, it's like you can't win. When you're feeling like shit, you feel like shit. And when you're happy, you're worried that you're manic. This is such a ridiculous thing. Why do I sit here and worry about this? And that's why I really want to know if anybody else has had the same experience. I know that bipolar one, I don't know. I know I've known a few people who have it. Um, but I'm very aware of all of it. And that is kind of difficult because I'm always constantly worrying that I'm, you know, going over the top or being manic. And I have this paranoia of being manic, uh, which ultimately I think that'll help me because I'm hyper aware of like what I'm consuming and what I'm doing that could make me become manic, which is a good thing in a way because um, I'm aware and vigilant on that. But at the same time, at what point do I get to enjoy my happiness and have a good day? You know what I'm saying? So instead of sitting there and worrying and stressing and thinking, oh, well, I, oh, I, I drank a cup of coffee this morning and oh, you know what I mean? Like just sitting and going down a dark rabbit hole, I've decided to rely on my ritual and routine. And this is where the second part of the episode comes in that I wanted to talk about. Ritual and routine. I was going to make this an its own episode, but today I really, uh, I'm just trying to do as much as I can and I want to fit in a few topics into this one because I would like to give a solution to the paranoia, okay? I would like to give a solution to the paranoia. Now, I know in my last episode, I talked about the future of psychedelic, or the future of, of psychiatric medication and treatment and whatever, and I mentioned psychedelics and... I do believe that is the future, but I also do believe that psychiatric meds do work to a certain extent. Are they sustainable for long-term use? No. But do they work while they work? Yes, baby, yes. I know that I'm in such a good place because I've been consistently taking my meds for the past two years, and I know that. And I'm not saying that without the meds, you know, I wouldn't be here. I don't, I don't know what I would be, where I would be. But I'm saying that the meds have helped me get my shit together and have a good life. So I think medication does have its place. And like I said in the last episode, I'm not trying to tell anybody to get off their meds. But I feel like being on medication that works for you, that's the key. Being on medication that works for you is essential. And that being on medication that works for you allows you more opportunities to try other things and go out of your, you know, your, your circle, whatever you may be, go out of your routine and try different things and, you know, find what works for you. And I feel like it gives you opportunities that you wouldn't have if you weren't on psychiatric medication. The reason I feel comfortable taking small doses of psychedelics right now is because I'm on my medication. You know what I'm saying? So if I, and I've researched this in the, in the, on the, 
neuroscience websites and they say people who are taking mood stabilizers, who are taking antipsychotics, they can they can take they can do ketamine therapy, they can do a few other psychedelics as long as they're on their medication. So I feel like the meds that I'm on right now are giving me the opportunity to try other things that I couldn't do if I wasn't on meds. I know if I wasn't on meds, I wouldn't be able to, you know, I wouldn't be able to do psychedelics. I wouldn't be able to smoke weed probably even. So that's what I have to say about the psychiatric medication because I feel like I was pro psychedelics in my last episode and I am, but I want people to know that I'm still taking my lithium and everything and I'm still supporting psychiatric medication, just not for long term. So I know that was a little bit of a tangent. So back to ritual and routine. This is something that has saved me probably the most in my journey is just getting on a routine and getting on a schedule. Now, this can be really hard. I know if you're neurodivergent, I don't know why I keep saying that. If you have a mental illness, it can be really hard to get on a schedule, mainly because your sleep is probably fucked up. If you have a mental illness, you probably have a really hard time sleeping. I know many of us do, especially those of us with anxiety disorders, those of us with major paranoia, those of us with schizophrenia, those of us who tend to be more manic. We have trouble sleeping. And sleep is the most essential foundation block that you can build your house upon. Sleep is essential. Whether or not you are diagnosed with a mental illness, sleep is probably the most important step you can take on your journey in self-care. So for me, getting on a sleep, a good sleep schedule has been essential for my well-being. And that means going to bed a little earlier, you know, taking my valerian root, taking my melatonin. If I'm anxious, I take my clonopin, baby, okay? Take an Ativan if you got one. You know what I'm saying? You have to do what works for you, But I'm telling you, you guys, and I'm telling you based off of my experience, okay, everybody's different. I know some of y'all like to stay up until 4 o'clock in the morning, and then you sleep until 4 p.m. And then it's like, if that's your schedule, dude, I'm not judging you, but I'm trying to be out and about during the day, and I'm trying to be in my bed asleep at night. That's what works for me, okay? I know some people are night owls, but I'm trying to adjust to you know, a regular schedule so that I can function in the world. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to judge you. I'm not trying to judge you. I'm just saying this is what works for me. So I've realized that I need like 10 hours of sleep. And I know that's probably more than a lot of people would get, especially an adult. But 10 hours of sleep has me functioning at my peak. It has me feeling the best. It has me feeling well-rested and good. Now, if I get eight hours of sleep, I feel probably just as good, but 10 hours is like the sweet spot and I feel really amazing when I get 10 hours. When I get 12 hours, it's a little too much. So it's all about tweaking and finding the right thing for you, but the most important thing that I would suggest is getting into a routine with your sleep. Now, this could, it's really, for me, I'm a very ritualistic person. As you guys know, I'm very spiritual. I'm kind of witchy. And so every night I like to drink a cup of tea before bed. I drink like lavender or chamomile or something really soothing and calming that kind of prepares me for getting ready for bed. And then I do my skincare and I take my time and I brush my teeth and I just go through all of these steps to prepare me for bed. The reason I think these things are so important is because by creating a ritual around your sleep schedule, you are informing your body that this is the time to relax. This is the time to wind down. This is the time to chill out. 
And by doing this and getting in tune with your body and focusing on healing your body before you go to bed, this is what puts you in the right zone to get a good night's sleep. Now, I know we all have our anxieties, okay? We all have our anxieties before we go to bed. I lay in bed and I do stand-up comedy in my head. I don't know why. I'll sit there and do a 20-minute routine before I go to bed. And this is just not helpful because it'll be like 11 o'clock and I need to be up at 8 and I'm sitting here doing a 20-minute stand-up comedy routine that I've never even done in real life. This is ridiculous. So I started, instead of doing that before I go to bed, every day I take a little time and I write out my jokes, okay? This is just an example from my personal life. I write out my jokes, especially if you're a creative person. If you have so many ideas bo- you know, bottled up inside of you, right before you go to bed is when they're going to start popping up, especially if you've done nothing with them all day. That's why I encourage you, if you have a lot of creative ideas or even anxiety, try writing it down right before you go to bed. Last night, I tried this for the first time, so I haven't done this routinely, but I just I thought, you know what? I'm going to try this for the first time, see if this works, and I just kind of wrote down, it was like a brain dump. I just dumped my thoughts onto this page and just wrote it out, just let it out, just to try to get it out of my brain so so that I'm not thinking all this stressful stuff before I go to bed. Another tip I have for you is reading before you go to bed. Because when you go to sleep a lot of the time, your brain still has this energy and it still has all of these things it wants to do. So by reading right before you go to bed, you're giving your brain an activity so that it can wind down. And as soon as you read, you read, you read until you feel tired and then you go to bed and then your brain has has used its has it's been exercised it's been used and it's ready to rest with you so that is another thing that i find really helpful even if you're not a big reader just find a book that you find interesting something that interests you I like to read a lot of books by Dolores Cannon. She does books about aliens and UFOs and spiritual stuff and past life hypnosis. And so I like to read those books that kind of bend my mind before I go to bed because a lot of the times they give me really cool dreams. So just anything that's good. A book suggestion I have for you if you're into history and you like self-improvement is The 48 Laws of Power. I can link it below. Um, it it's about it just talks about these laws of power and then it gives historical examples to back up these laws and so you're reading about like a story from history and then you're learning a lesson from that story and it's really interesting real it's not hard to read I mean it's it's great it's a great book and it's a big book so you'll go through it for a long time and it's very it's not heavy reading but the words are very big so it might it'll like tire you out. You know what I'm saying? It's not tedious to read, but it's like a big word. So it'll tire your brain out. That's my, you know, opinion. And I'm, I have no degree or anything. So you shouldn't listen to me. Don't listen to a word I say. So that's another thing I do before I go to bed that really helps me is just reading a book. Another is if you're a creative person, I really encourage you to spend time every day doing a little creative thing. One of the things I've been doing lately is a little doodling before I go to bed. Not even really before I go to bed, just sometime during my day, probably later in the day. I will sit down and I will doodle five things I'm grateful for. And I'll make it really cute and I'll like take my time and really get in the zone and just doodle and just have some fun with my colorful pens and my sketchbook. And that, re- and, and also I'm writing things that I'm grateful for. So that really puts me in a positive mindset. Another trick with the gratitude, 
gratitude is such an important thing and I feel like we don't do it enough in our society right now. We are so busy just like on social media. We're never grateful for anything. We just want more and more and more without saying thank you for what we already have. One thing I did whenever I was living with my boyfriend, I don't know what to call him anymore, you guys. We were married, then we split up, now we're back together. I don't know what to call him. This guy, we were living together, and every night before we went to bed, we would say three things we were grateful for that happened that day. And not only did this bring us closer, but this helped us get in a good mood for the night and to sleep well. And I feel like if you're setting the tone for a good night, you're going to have a good morning by saying, by the last thing you do is saying, thank you, like, thank you. And if you believe in God, say, thank you, God, thank you, Jesus. If you're not into that, just say, thank you. I'm grateful for this. I'm just grateful for this. I'm not even thanking anyone. I'm just grateful that this happened today and find a few things that you're grateful for. And this can put you in a positive mindset. That's going to take you away from the anxiety. This is another thing that I've done, another trick that I've done to combat an anxiety attack. I don't know exactly when this happened, but recently I started feeling really anxious. And instead of focusing on the anxiety, I just started focusing on things I was grateful for. And I kind of transmuted the anxious feeling into a really extreme gratitude feeling. And it really transformed the whole experience and it got rid of the anxiety like nothing else. So I think gratitude is an underrated mental health tip that we need to be utilizing every single day. That is something that's helped me a lot. And it just puts you in a better mindset. And it may be hard for you because sometimes it's hard for me if I've had a hard day. It's kind of hard to sit there and be like, okay, what am I grateful for? And if you're depressed, that can be hard. You can be like, ugh, I don't feel like I'm grateful for anything. But even simple things like, okay, I'm grateful that I had a meal today. I'm grateful that I have a house and I live in a, you know, in a home with a roof. I'm grateful I have running water. Just simple things that you can be grateful for that can put you in a better mood and just make you feel a little better about your life. So that's a few things that help. And the reason I say that you need to get into this ritual is because... You know, we are creatures of habit. Humans are creatures of habit. And the more you do something, the more it sticks and the more it works. And, you know, this can go either way with a negative thing or a positive thing. But if you get into these healthy rituals and routines with yourself and you really take that time to put in that self-care every day and do these things, then you will get into a better headspace. And you might not see results immediately, but you will see results over time and then you'll feel more secure and you'll continue to do the same things that are working for you. Ultimately, you have to find what works for you and do your best to go in the right direction for yourself. And what works for me might not work for you. But I'm saying this is sleep and finding a ritual around your sleep is one way to really combat your mental illness and to really help yourself in a major way. I've known people who have severe mental issues and they're going to bed at 4 a.m. and waking up at 12 p.m. or whatever time in the middle of the day. And then they wonder why they feel horrible and they don't, you know, they feel so depressed. And I'm like, well, you're, you don't have a job. You have nothing to, to get up and go out of the bed for. And you, all you do is lay in bed all day and eat hot Cheetos. And you wonder why you're fucking depressed. Jesus. So... I'm just I'm just being real with you guys. It's all about delayed gratification. That's the truth. You have to get on that. You have to get on that and realize that it's all about delayed gratification. 
We live in a society, especially in the United States, we are so, we need this instant gratification. We press a button on our phone and we have food delivered to our door without even talking or interacting with a single human being, okay? We are all about the instant gratification, but the hidden gem that we are missing is delayed gratification. When you're going to the gym and you're working out, you're not going to see results the first day you go. You're going to see results maybe after two weeks, maybe after a month. And this can be discouraging at first and you say, oh, well, I don't want to go to the gym. I'm not seeing anything. But if you keep going, you will see the results and then you'll feel even more motivated to continue working out. So you have to start looking at things more pragmatically, if that is even the right word, I really don't know, but you have to kind of see things in a real way, and really, if you're an adult, you really need to learn delayed gratification if you haven't already. And especially with these, with our mental issues, with our mental health, things just don't get better overnight, especially if you're putting in the work, you know, you may feel discouraged because maybe you're going to therapy and you're not really feeling like you're healing your trauma yet. You haven't felt like really good yet. You're, you're taking your antidepressant, but you don't really feel it yet. It's all about the delayed gratification. I promise you with a few weeks, a few months of work, you will improve, you will feel better, and you will notice a big difference. But you have to just get through that hard part. That's the unfortunate part about mental illness. It is hard. It is difficult. I'm not sitting here saying it's easy, okay? I'm sitting here saying you have to be strong and you have to continue despite what you may see on the outside. This can go for any sort of journey that you're on, a fitness journey, a mental health journey, a self-love journey. You might not see the see the results right away. You might not be the finished product right when you start out, but over time you will build and you will grow and you'll become the person you want to be. And it's all about the journey. That's what I've had to learn. You have to immerse yourself in the journey and immerse yourself in the present moment. And by choosing to act in a loving way towards yourself and choosing self-care and taking care of yourself and making the right decisions and doing things for yourself that are positive, these are all things that are going to give you gratification as you continue to progress and as you move forward. And it may take some time. But it's worth it. I'm saying it's worth it. And I'm just kind of at the beginning of my journey right now. I always feel like I'm at the beginning of my journey, you know. I've recently started working out. It's been a few weeks and, you know, I'm getting into it. And I know that I'm not going to see results right away. But I'm still going to the gym every week and I'm still trying because I know in a month or two, I will notice some results and I'll be really happy. And so you have to think of it and put yourself in this thing as like, okay, I'm doing my future self a favor. How can I do my future self a favor right now? In moment to moment, ask yourself this question. I do this whenever I'm staring at a sink full of dishes and I think, okay, Sky, are you going to want to wash these in the morning? You're not going to want to wash these in the morning. You're just going to let them sit there and you're not going to want to wash them later. And you're just going to let them keep sitting there and then it'll smell. So you better just wash them now. Do yourself a favor. That's kind of how you have to think of it, especially with the little things that you just don't really feel like doing. The little things that you just like, oh, why do I have to do this? You know, it sucks. Being an adult sucks because you have to be responsible. And all these things that you have to do, they really do build your character and make you a better person over time. I'm telling you, I'm telling you trust me. It's taken me about two years to get to a really good spot mentally. 
And, you know, I've had to overcome a lot. I've had to face a lot of demons and I've had to really come to terms with myself and take accountability for myself. But I've realized now, two years later, after I started the accountability journey that I put myself on, two years later, I'm seeing the results and I'm really, really, really happy. I'm really thankful to myself for making that choice. So it's all about that delayed gratification, baby. And getting on a ritual, getting on a routine is not going to feel good at first, especially if you're used to waking up at, you know, 4 p.m., but you're trying to get on a schedule, you're trying to get a job, you're trying to get some money, you know, it's not going to feel good at first. It always sucks in the beginning, but you really have to face the pain and just go through it and just get through it and just freaking keep going. That's the truth. And I know we live in this society. I feel I just feel like we're so coddled now. Like we're just like everybody wants to be babied and taken care of and like, you know, oh, well, poor little baby, you can do you don't you don't need to do that. You know, don't do it's like fuck that shit. Just be strong. Just be resilient, dude. (laughs) And if you can't like If you feel like you can't be resilient, try reading some books about people who have been resilient. Read a book about a Holocaust survivor, okay? If you think your life is hard, read a book about a Holocaust survivor. I promise you, if they can survive the Holocaust, you can go through whatever you're going through right now. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. That's how I always put things into perspective for myself. Like when I was first starting out in my journey, I was like, you know what? If somebody can go through the Holocaust and survive and like have a life afterwards and not be horribly sad all the time, like I think I can go through this mental illness thing. I think I can figure this out, okay? The people who have gone before you and paved the way, they've actually made it easier for you. And this is where we're going to get into the spirituality aspect of it all. By creating healthy habits, healthy patterns, by putting out good messages, the people who have come before you to pave the way have made a groove in the way of consciousness. So now there's a path for you to take and you can go down this positive enriching path because of the people who have gone before you and paved the path. So this is a very Palladian thing. Like, Palladian is like a star seed and the Palladians always want to like lift, raise the vibration of the earth and raise the level of consciousness. So if you have gone through a trying time and you persevere and you are resilient and you use your experience to help other people, then you're raising the vibration of that experience and making new things possible for people who are coming after you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I hope you guys get what I mean. I know, you know, I'm freaking manic today. I drank a I don't I don't even what did I drink? I don't even know. Dude, this is just who I am. So, this is what I'm trying to say. And like like paving a path in the consciousness, creating a new groove for the consciousness to go down, a new path to raise the vibration of humanity, okay? Just like that, you can do that for yourself by creating a healthy ritual. And you can do that for the collective by creating a healthy ritual. And by doing things that are positive to take care of yourself and do what's best for you, you can raise the vibration. And you can raise your vibration, baby, and make yourself really, really happy over time. And what I want to say is when you're on a ritual, when you're on a routine, especially me, I'm 23, I'm going to be 24 next week. (laughs) And so I've realized that I can't live life like most 24 year olds. I don't know. I feel like most 24 year olds, and this is depending on who you are, but the people I know, they're like partying, they're 
you know, doing drugs, drinking, and not that I'm not drinking and doing drugs, but they're like staying up until 4am playing video games, having fun. And I'm like, dude, I'm not, I just can't do that. I have to be on an, an adult schedule. I have to be responsible. I can't, and, and it's different for everybody. Everybody has different needs and everything. So you have to do what's best for you. But I've realized for me that I have to go to bed early. I have to wake up early. I have to work out. I have to do this. I have to drink a lot of water. These are all things that I have to do. They're counterintuitive to maybe what the culture is telling me to do. So because all I see on Instagram is like, everybody's just partying all the time. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I don't, I just don't have time for that. And I'm trying to do big things with my life. So I just, I'm not trying to waste time partying anymore. And that's cool. Well, if you're still in your party phase, go girl, get it, whatever, do you. But I'm saying sometimes you have to make a sacrifice for yourself, for your future self. And this all ties back in with the ritual and the routine. Because if you're going to bed early, you might have to say no to like, hey, best friend, I can't come to your birthday party or I can't come to your, you know, always go to your best friend's birthday party. Um, I can't come to your house party tonight because I have to go to bed early because I have to go work out in the morning. You know, sorry, I'm trying to be responsible. And if somebody loves you, they're going to respect that. And they're going to say, okay, do you love you? We'll see you next time. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you have to make these sacrifices for the greater good, for the greater good of yourself, okay? just for yourself that's the thing that's shitty about mental illness you can't just do whatever you want to do without the consequences and I've realized that time and time again you know when I try to do things that I see other people do and they they affect me differently because I'm a very sensitive person I have a sensitive brain so I can't I can't drink you know six margaritas one night in one night and I, I just can't do it I can't smoke a bunch of weed anymore I just can't do it I can't eat five edibles anymore you know what I'm saying I can't do mushrooms without microdose you know what I mean you just have to make sacrifices and it sucks that's the thing that sucks but long term we're looking at long term reward we're looking at that delayed gratification here and getting into a ritual and getting into a routine and getting enough sleep, this is going to give you the gratification you deserve. You deserve to get a good night's sleep. These are some mantras I want you to repeat whenever you feel maybe a little anxious or if you like the mantras, I deserve a good night's sleep. I deserve to be happy and healthy. I deserve to be loved. I deserve to be supported. Just a few simple things that you can say to yourself in your car while you're driving to work I love doing mantras while I'm driving to work because I really hate going to work. And so when I'm driving, I'm like, I am happy. I am successful. I am wise. You know what I mean? All this shit. But anyway, what I'm saying is getting into a ritual, getting into a routine, this is going to up your game in a major way. If you're getting enough sleep, you are unstoppable. I'm telling you. My dad told me once that in the Native American times, and I think I might have mentioned this in my last episode, when um, with Native Americans, when somebody was manic or psychotic in their tribe, they would brew this really strong herbal tea and they would have them drink this tea and it would make them sleep for a month. 
for a month. Can you imagine how great that would be just to sleep knockout for a month? I'm telling you, they had some stronger shit than Clonopin, okay? The Clonopin can't keep me asleep for a month. What was it, Valium? Who knows what was in that tea, man? But they would sleep for a fucking month, okay? And then they wake up and they're good to go. So what I'm trying to say with that antidote, and I don't know how to say it, Brit. Uh, what I'm trying to say with that antidote, and I don't know, bitch. Um, sleep is essential. Sleep is important for mental illness. Sleep is essential. You need to be getting a good night's sleep. And by creating a ritual and a routine around your bedtime, you can really be functioning at an optimum level. And that's what I want you guys to know, ultimately. So just do what's best for you. Find some things. The suggestions I gave are just suggestions. You can try them out, see if you like them. Journaling is great. Meditation is great. I do deep sleep hypnosis on YouTube. Those are great. I can link a few in the show notes. And that's all I have for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you if you want, you can follow me at Manic State of Mind Podcast on Instagram and DM me if you have any questions or concerns or whatever. And DM me if you get that scary happy feeling. <laughs> I will see you guys in a little while.